Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled, I am the Lord and beside me is no Savior. It shall be focused on a study of Isaiah chapter 43. Before we go any further, we begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, that in Thee only do we find salvation. We thank Thee that You are, Lord, our rock and our provider, and Lord, to know that all things that we have need of in this journey we find in Thee. We pray, Father, may You speak to us out of Thy word today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Isaiah chapter 43. Chapter 43 But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee, since thou wast precious in my sight. Thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east, and gather thee from the west, I will say to the north, Give up, and to the south, Keep not back. Bring my sons from far, and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even every one that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes, and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together, and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this, and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses, that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say, It is truth. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, and have saved, and I have showed, when there was no strange God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon, and have brought down all their nobles, and the Chaldeans, whose cry is in the ships. I am the Lord your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea, and a path in the mighty waters, which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinct, they are quenched as tow. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. 
Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob, but thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. Thou hast not brought me the small cattle of thy burnt offerings, neither hast thou honored me with thy sacrifices. I have not caused thee to serve with an offering, nor wearied thee with incense. Thou hast brought me no sweet cane with money, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices. But thou hast made me to serve with thy sins, thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance, let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Thy first father hath sinned, and thy teachers have transgressed against me. Therefore I have profaned the princes of the sanctuary, and have given Jacob to the curse, and Israel to reproaches. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham, titled, Have Not I Sent Thee? This was preached in 1962 on January the 24th. We'll begin at paragraph 40 up to paragraph 95. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Now, we find out that before uh, God ever sends deliverance to His people, and I want you to catch this now for what to follow after before God sends deliverance to His people, He always sends a prophet to notify them. Always sends His prophet. Because most of the time, people won't read and study His Word. They just simply go join church and let it go at that. They don't sit down and read. The Holy Spirit it feeds on the Word of God. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So if, when you get saved, the best thing to do is sit down with your Bible. Constantly read. That builds you. You see what God did. It's not like reading some novel. You're reading so you can hang your soul on every punctuation in it. That's right. Because it's the Word of God. You see, every time God says anything... You know how I punctuate it? With an amen. <laughs> That's right. So be it. That's right. What he said is right. And so we are to punctuate all of God's words with an amen. Well, God says, thou shalt, shalt not and so forth. Say amen. Amen. Not saying, well, I believe it ought to be this way. Just say amen to what he says. That, that does it. So then God uh, had, had been good to them. And they, uh, and they had not deserved it. But then, before this great event taking place, we find out that a prophet was sent to them. And he spoke the word of the Lord for him. And then we notice immediately following that prophet's message, when he come to Israel and said, I'm the God that brought you up out of Egypt. I'm the one that gave you the land that you live in. And I've done all these things for you. See, the prophet always points back to the great supernatural God. 
a real prophet of God. That's a real preacher in a pulpit. Uh, a modern-day prophet is a, is a preacher. So a real true prophet points back to the word of the Lord, the promise of the Lord. Not the declaration the, uh, the church has made, but a, a declaration that God has made. See? Back to the word of the Lord. So God spoke to this prophet, and they, the Midianites has taken all they had, and they were starving to death. And he said, Don't you remember that I'm the God that brought you up out of Egypt? Don't you know that I performed all my miracles down in Egypt? Don't you know I opened up the Red Sea? I fed your fathers for 40 years in the wilderness. I broke off the enemies around them. Did not I take out the Amalekites and everything else from before you? I'm the God. Just turn back to me. Watch me. And remember, always or immediately after that prophet's message, God goes to work. After the prophet gives the word, then God goes to work on the word. First, it's got to come forth first. The word's got to be preached first. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word of God. The true prophet stands with the true word of God and doesn't compromise on it anyway, but tells the people that ye must be born again. The promise isn't to you and to your children. Them it's far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If he's a true prophet. If he is, he'll say, well, now, we believe that. Who's we? Not God and his prophets and God and his angels and God and his word. They say that heavens and earth will pass away, said Jesus, but my word shall never fail. That's right. If any man adds to or takes away any of the words of the prophecy of this book, the same will be taken out of the book of life for him. So you see, the real true prophet stays with the word. And he began to show them what was taking place. And immediately God came on the scene. Immediately after the prophet's message. It's always been that. That God, I remember, God moves behind the prophet if the prophet's got the word of God. For my word will not return to me void, but it'll accomplish that from which it was sent for, the purpose it was sent for. It'll have to come. There'll be a group that'll just like throwing water on a duck's back, but there'll be somebody there to get it because God is sending it. Amen. The word will not return void. It will accomplish what it's been purposed for. And now, this prophet stood and prophesied. The reason that God sends a prophet, the people get so far away from God by traditions of the elders and so forth, and they bring everything into the churches whirly, and first thing you know, they compromise a little here and a little there and a little here and a little there. And the first thing you know, it's nothing but an organization. Amen. It's nothing but like a lodge. The people come there and have, have all kinds of uh, soup suppers and dances and bunkos and everything else in the church, and it's no more than a, than a lodge. Amen. That's right. But then, you see, then that's way off from the Word. And many honest souls set out in them big marjoraries out there and thinking, uh, uh, this is it. But and before God sends His judgment, before He lets anything happen, before deliverance comes for the church, God is just, and He sends a voice through the country, speaking the Word of the Lord God. Then as soon as God speaks His Word, God is in His Word to make it real and manifest His Word, what He said. God is just. He just can't be nothing else but a just God. See? He stands right in behind His Word. 
When that true word goes forth, Jesus said, If ye abide in me and my words in you, then ask what you will, and it'll be done for you. Because it's God's word. It's got to come forth. Now, how God don't come down and speak it literally with his voice out of the heaven. He's wrote it on paper and expecting me and you to receive the Holy Spirit, to believe that word. And when we speak that word, if it's God's true word, God stands behind it. Right. God performs the miracles through the hands of his children. As I said here a few nights ago in some church, he's the vine and we are the branches. The vine doesn't bear fruit. It's the branches bears fruit. But it gets its energy from the vine. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, comes into the human body, takes a hold of his own word, and moves it, shows visions, speaks in tongues, prophesies. He does all kinds of works to confirm his word through human instrumentality. That's exactly what he did. Ye are my witnesses. You shall receive power after this the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Then you are my witnesses. See? You have to get the thing right first. Wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power. Then you're witnesses to me just in Jerusalem only. No, Jerusalem, Judea, Samira, and to the uttermost parts of the world. You are my witnesses. After the, the, the vine and the branches connected together, or after the vine has put forth a branch, for if one is grafted in, it won't bear the right kind of fruit. But if the vine itself puts forth a branch, it'll be the kind of life that's in the branch will be in the vine bearing the fruit. Therefore, a true prophet of God says the word of God is right from A to Z, every word of it. It's the truth. Now, the reason God does those men and sends those men is because if people won't study the Bible, they won't read the Bible, they won't study, they won't pray no more than... Write out a little prayer instead of a morning or something other. Or run over a few beads and say something another. And or hail Mary and spot something. But that's not it. See? But God sends a true prophet and the word of the Lord comes to the prophet. Always. The word of the Lord comes to the prophet. And then if the word of the Lord is in the prophet and then... The people can see God in action, God's Word in action in the prophet. There you are, because God confirms His Word. Look at Peter, he saw God at work. Look at Paul, saw God at work. Look at the prophets of old, they saw God at work. Exactly right. You take a man today, a preacher, that's preaching the full gospel, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they'll look at that man and see God at work. He'll have a life that'll reflect anywhere, beyond a reproach, anything, see? It's God working. The people can see. You are written epistles. What kind of an epistle? An epistle of God. God bearing record that he sent you. So we find out that he uh, sends his prophets and they are the thing that lights up and shows the gospel to the people. Praise God. I, I like that. Coming out of the seminary of heaven. Yes, sir. And God confirming that they come from there. Not so much knowing of genealogy, but a lot of neology coming out. That's right. Now, now notice. Now when we, Gideon, he would have been in a terrible condition. He's out there thrashing out his wheat. And the first thing you know, he looked over there and he had just heard that prophet's message. Now you'll get that in the 7th to the 10th verse. You can find where he met the, um, the, the prophet coming and gave the, the message, telling him, 
that to remember that God was God. And He's the same God that delivered them. And for them just to return to Him. Now, wouldn't that be a message for today? <laughs> Certainly it would. God's still God. Hallelujah. God is a God that was at Pentecost. God is a God that was in the burning bush. Amen. God is a God that opened up the Red Sea. Amen. Why do we care about hydrogen bombs or fallout shelters or what more man can make? God is our refuge and strength. Very present help in the time of trouble. God of Abraham, Isaac, God of David. Certainly, He's still God. We just want to hear the Word. That's what we are thankful that we have heard the Word and found it to be so. Yes, sir, He's a rock, a mighty tower, and He's a shelter in the time of storm. So He is our shelter. The righteous run into this tower and are safe. Yes, they are safe. That's right. He's on the home plate. He's called safe by the Supreme Judge. That's right, that He's safe. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. <laughs> He's the house of refuge. Now, Gideon, when he was out there thrashing his wheat, no doubt but that prophet's message is going through his heart. What that prophet said, I'm the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I'm the one that brought you out of Egypt. I'm the one that give you what you've got. Turn to me! There he and his father out there thrashing his wheat. And an angel came to him, or he thought it was an angel. It happened to turn out it wasn't an angel. It was God Himself. Because you get, watch capital L-O-R-D, you see. And when He spoke to Gideon, Gideon was a little surprised. He said, now, um, a mighty man of Viler, he didn't know he was. Maybe you don't know you are. You might be many of those mighty men of Viler tonight sitting here. You said a, a little church, small group. Oh, my. There's only two there, him and his daddy. There only has to be two here, you and Christ. That's all it takes. To be a mighty man of Ireland. That's right. Now the first thing you know what happened. As soon as he spoke to Gideon, thou mighty man of Ireland, called him what he could do. And he said, Nay, Lord. No, Lord. I, I just, I, I can't believe that. Now he looked like probably an old bald-headed man sitting over there leaning up against the bush, you know. Sitting back against the bush. Maybe a sheepskin wrapped around him or something there sticking his hand. He wasn't very much to look at. And he said, told him he'd come to commission him to go deliver Israel. The prophet had done give his message, so he said, I'm sending you to do this. Well, he said, Nay, Lord, nay, no, no. I know the prophet might have said so and so and such and such and that, but, but remember, he said, God is with you. He said, If God is with us, then where's all of his miracles? There's the question. Well, now, what if he had said, Oh, sure, our organization grew 10,000 this year. God is with us. No, each one of us, Got so prosperous, everything prospered, to each one of us got two Cadillacs apiece. That's what you can't be spiritual nowadays to your own three or four Cadillacs, you know. Yeah, something like that. Have the biggest thing there is in the country. But listen. No, he, he couldn't get that. He didn't say that, you see. He said, if the day we say, well, uh, how do you know God's with us? Because we're growing in numbers. We got more churches than we ever had. We got, well, you know, even the mayor of the city comes to our church. We know. We, we, we're the biggest church and we're the best there is. We know that God is with us because our people are prospering. They're wearing better clothes. They've they're, they're got better homes. That's, that's all right. We're thankful for that. But that isn't a sign God's with you. Gideon knowed what he was talking about. He said, then, sir, if God is with us, where's all these mighty miracles? 
That prophet told us that he was the God that brought us up out of Egypt. He smoked the land. He delivered them. He's a God of deliverance. And if he ever was God, he's still God. I say the same thing tonight. If he ever was God, he has always remained God. If he ever was all the Almighty, he's still the Almighty. Certainly he is. The Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, now, if that be God, if God is with us, where's all the miracles that had? Where's all the signs that he done? Now, they might have had all kinds of signs and everything else, but there wasn't scriptural signs. Now, you, you got to have a scriptural sign. Amen. Jesus said, some of them said, well, well, if we got more members, if we got a bigger organization, if we got this, that, or the better dressed people of our churches are growing, our organization, our denomination, uh, our, our ministers are better trained, isn't that a sign God's with us? No, sir. That's nothing to do with it. Jesus didn't say they'll have better organizations as they grow and, and serve me. They'll have better churches as they grow and serve me. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. My name they shall cast out devils and speak with new tongues. There you are. That's scriptural sign. Yes, sir. If Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then where is he? We have a right to say that. When Elisha had followed Elijah, and he said, I'm going to ask for one thing. That's a double portion of the Spirit that's up on you. And he threw back his robe. Walked down there, took off that rope, struck the Jordan and said, Where is the God of Elijah? She opened again. <laughs> if the church today, if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, we have a right to call on him and say, Where is the, the promise that Jesus Christ made? I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Where is this promise? Let me see him work his works. The thing it has to take is first is word. <laughs> Don't go off by on some tantrum and believe you can do it. You've got to come back to the word. Get conditions right. You've got you must believe his word and act upon every word that he said to see the mighty works of God. Now remember, if you will just do that, see, believe his word, what he said, and then act upon it. You believe that? Now, you just can't walk up and shake hands with the minister, take a salt shake and sprinkle a little bit of water on top of you and say, now, it's all over. Give them the right hand of fellowship. That ain't scriptural. No, that ain't right. You can't do that. You've got to follow the word. You've got to do exactly what God said do. That's right. You can't say, well, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe I receive the Holy Ghost when I believe. That's not what the Bible said. No, sir. It isn't. You can believe is right unto eternal life, but then you have to have God to seal it with the Holy Ghost. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Not when you believe, but after you believe, you receive the Holy Ghost. After you believe, then you receive with the Holy Ghost the promise, says the Scripture. After you believe. That's right. But first you have to believe it and act upon it. You can't say, oh, there's many sympathizers say, oh, the Bible's right. Yes, Brother Branham, I believe that the Bible's right. But you know, I, I don't know. There you are, but I, see, there you are. Just like an old goat. But, you know, see, but it's all right. But, uh, you know, uh, our pastor don't believe that. It's all right, but uh, I don't believe it can be done. See, there, there you are again. See, you'll never see it done. You've got to act. Yeah. You've got to do something. 
And when you will take God's promise and know that it is God's promise and act upon it, you'll see the mighty miracles of God return back to the church of the living God. Right? You'll do it. Now just think of this, friends. How could God lie? Are you going to believe a church? I first, my, my mother was dying the other day. She said, I told Dolores, that's my sister, nine boys and a girl. Dolores is the youngest. She said, Dolores, you're my youngest. You've loved me and helped come down and wash for me and taken care of me. Since I got old, said, Billy, you're my first. Said, you've fed me and seen that I didn't go hungry. And, and way back before your daddy died, 15, 25 years ago, and said, you've always cared for me and seen that I had food and fuel and everything. And said, Billy, you've been a guide, spiritual guide to me that's led me to the Lord Jesus. And said, now today I'm going and I'm happy. I want to go home so bad I don't know what to do. Now, and I stood there and I said, Mama, you know our background is Catholic. Therefore, when I was a little boy and that boy spoke to me and said, never smoke, drink, or anything that's a work for you to do when you get older. I went down to the Catholic church to find out. The priest said this. He said, you know, we are the church. We're the body of people. God's in his church. Well, then I thought, it isn't right so many of these different ones. I have to go see what the other one said. I went over to the Lutheran. They said, oh, no, we are the church. I found out what a church was. was a body of people that was called out. Well, they, Lutheran pointed one way, Catholic another, Baptist another, Methodist another, Presbyterian another. I couldn't put no faith in that. Which one is, which one is the church? Each one had something sounded all right. You know why I said, Mother? I went right back to the Bible. Let every man's word be a lie and mine true. And I followed that Bible just what it said, and I got the same results that they did back there. So, I'm, And we was resting up on that. It's the same result. God's got to keep his word. True. We'll just believe it, obey it, accept it, and act upon it. Noah had a promise from God. It was God that spoke to Noah. But Noah, before he could see the mighty miracle of God, he had to go to work on the ark. He had to build the ark, holding on to a word, diving on the board, beating out the pitch, pouring it into the wood. He had to make the ark ready when it sounded crazy to everybody else. But what was he doing? Making it ready anyhow. He must have been on over 120 years of building the ark. Still, no sign of anything else, but he held on to the word. He was acting upon his commission. Amen. Amen. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Act upon your commission. See what God does. Act on your commission. These signs shall follow them that believe. See? Act on your commission. You say, uh, I've received the word of God. You be prayed for. And the Holy Spirit promised you healing. Then I don't care how long it takes it to come, still act on your commission. Act like you're healed. Giving God praise. Just keep going on. That's right. You say, well, Brother Branham, I ain't never received the Holy Ghost yet. Accept the promise and keep acting. Now, just don't say you got it because you said it. That won't work. What if the disciples, after they said, Jesus told us to go up here now and uh, wait, he's going to send the promise upon us. In about nine days, uh, maybe Matthew or some of them might have come up or say it. Maybe it was Philip or some of them come up and said, Peter, don't you believe we've already received it? Don't you think we've already had it? Because, look, he commissioned us to come up here and wait, see? And we, we've been up here, this is nine days. You know, the other day I kind of had a feeling maybe he'd already give it to us. I believe we better accept it by faith and go on. No, sir. They stayed there and waited till evidence come. Amen. They come there and stayed till they seen something that they could take a hold of 
show evidence of it. How did they know this? Go to get it. Isaiah said in Isaiah 28, 19, Precept must be upon precept, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. Hold fast that what's good for us. Hammering lips and other tongues when I speak to this people. And this is the rest that I said they should see. Joel, Joel 2.28 said, It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy upon my hands made the maid servant, I'll pour out of my spirit. They were waiting for something to happen that they could look at and see. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's see what He promised to do. Let's stay with it until it comes. Yes. Noah built right on the ark, holding on to it. Preaching all the time, standing right in the door of the ark, preaching to him. Building away and preaching to him. That's a real prophet of God today. Standing right in the ark, Christ Jesus. If ye be in me, my words in you, just keep building them. Pounding them up everywhere they are. Cheek it up every hole. Don't let the devil have a loop nowhere. No, sir. Stay right in the door and preach. Stand right in the door of the ark and preach. The ark, the door. Christ is the door to the ark. That's exactly right. I am the door to the sheepfold. And so, stay right there and preach. Noah, before he saw the mighty miracles of God, to know that he was God, he seen the promise first, got the promise, held on to it, and acted upon the promise until he saw the mighty miracle of God. Amen. Yes, then he seen the mighty miracle of God. Moses, going on his road to Egypt with a stick in his hand. As I said the other night, a one-man invasion. Going down to take over with an old dry stick in his hand. He's done it too. Sure did. Sure did. Why? He was acting. How do you know? Well, when you get down there, Pharaoh will hang you. He's been looking for you for 40 years. And whenever he finds you, you are certainly gone. You killed an Egyptian. You know what it is to even smite an Egyptian's death. And here you done kill one and hit him and run away. When you get back down there, it's death. But what was he doing? Acting. Amen. I don't know how many days it took him to get from Midia down there, but he went down. Well, he went down with that stick in his hand because he was acting upon what God promised him that he would do. Now, if God give you evidence of the Holy Ghost, like he appeared to Moses in fire back there, and let him know that he was God, then you ought, if you've seen God heal others, like Moses told his stick down once and he knew he'd do it again, turn it to a serpent, he knowed he was God, and what he'd done once, he could do again. Just like the prophet said to Gideon, the God of your fathers brought you up out of Egypt and brought all these miracles and things. He'll do it again. Yeah. That's right. Well, the God that healed the sick is the God that healed you. Yeah. The God that gave the Holy Ghost back there is the God that gave it to you. Yeah. The God that healed Hattie Walter off there of a cancer laying dead in the line will heal you. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. God. It's all. You expect to see his mighty miracles and his power, then first accept his word and act upon it. Sure. Moses acted first. Then he saw God's mighty miracles. God told him to walk towards the sea. He had to go towards the sea to see the mighty miracles. Whatever he did, he had to obey God to see God's mighty miracles. That's what we have to do. Elijah, when he went out there on top of the mountain, called him up there, so let's see who's going to be God. Let the God that answers by fire be God, because he knows that God is a consuming fire. Let the God that's got fire answer. They said, that's a good idea. We'll go up there. Well, he wasn't afraid that them heathens had anything. When he went to call them up on Baal and cutting themselves and acting up and jumping on the altar, he just walked back and forth to call a little louder and maybe he's pursuing. 
maybe he's taking a nap, gone fishing or something, you know. He'll holler a little louder. He knows where he was standing. Yes, sir. A man that's ever got in contact with God and got a commission from God, then all the devils out of hell can take it out of him. He knows where he's standing. Walked back and forth. Then when he did, he laid his sacrifice down at the time of the evening offering, rolled up the twelve stones to show fellowship, all the twelve tribes of Israel. And he walked out there and said, Now, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, called him his prince name, see, of Israel, let it be known today that thou art God and I am your prophet, and I have done all this at your word. <laughs> there you are. What was it? Acting up on his word. What happened? The fire fell. Yes, sir. It consumed the sacrifice. He saw, and all the people saw the mighty work of God when he acted upon God's word. Joshua. He marched around that wall just exactly like the chief captain told him to do it. He was out one afternoon walking. He was wondering how he was going to get the walls. He knew that he was, he was, uh, the enemy was defeated because he's inside the wall, but how did he go to get in there? So he took a little stroll one afternoon to meditate. That's a good thing. Get away from everybody. Get to yourself a while. He seen a man standing with his sword drawn. Joshua thought maybe that might have been one of the aliens. So he jerked his sword, run at him. He said, are you for us? Or are you of our enemy? He said, I'm the captain of the host of the Lord. And he told him what to do. Now, it's kind of a hard thing to think you can blow a trumpet and the wall fall down. But he acted. See, God makes it so simple and silly. It goes plumb over the top of the head of the learned. It, it takes those unlearned to... Don't know very much to understand it, that's all. When you go try to figure it out, you can't figure it out. You've got to take God's word for it, the way He said to do it. Not the way we think to do it, but the way He said to do it. And to do it just the way He said to it. And Joshua marched just according to the commandments. And what happened? He took God at His word and acted up on it, and He saw the walls fall and the enemy die. The Hebrew children, they were acting upon the word of God. God told them they should not bow down to any image. And they should not do it. So the king said, you'll either bow down or I'll throw you in the fiery furnace. They said, now wait a minute. Our God is able to deliver us. We know what he'll do. But we're not going to bow down to your image anyhow. So they is acting up on the word of God when God performed a mighty miracle and sent the fourth man down among them like that and kept the fire off of it. What was he doing? acting upon the Word of God and saw God's mighty miracle. We could say another Daniel. Daniel was acting upon the Word of God. He bowed towards the temple no matter who said it. He wasn't ashamed of his religion and he prayed three times a day acting upon the Word of God. And he saw it. Now, Gideon. I'll hurry. Gideon. Now, he wasn't sure. He wasn't too positive. He was just an old man sitting leaning back against the tree telling him what to do. He said, no, I don't know. I'm going to go to do it. He said, wait here just a minute. And he went and got an offering. He took the offering and laid it up on the altar. This old fellow might have creeped up there with a stick like this and touched that altar. <laughs> the sacrifice was taken. Then Gideon was ready to act. Wow! He had seen the living Word of God in action. Amen! He saw God's living Word. He knew that God was living in that, that monument of a man there. That that was God. He called him Lord. Of course, he disappeared. He said, an angel of the Lord, which is just a manifestation, like Jesus being the Son of God, yet he was God. God was in him. But this is a manifestation of an angel of God, like he met Abraham. And yet Abraham called a man, L-O-R, capital L-O-R-D, Elohim. And he 
Anyone knows that reads the Greek Bible or the Hebrew knows that Elohim is the Almighty. See, He was there in that manifested in that little that little body of clay sitting there. Old fellow leaned up against the tree like it was tarred. But he took that stick and touched that sacrifice and it went up in a flame. See? Then Gideon knowed that that was the living Word of God. Gideon was ready to act. Amen. And after he got ready to act, he gave him so many thousands, he said, there's too many cowards in here. Just kept on, kept on, hunt them down because he got them that, was, that God had called for. That's right. Sometimes when we see things going wrong, dropping off, maybe God's just getting an army ready. That's all. Or some fighters ready. You can't never tell. God, he was ready to act when he saw the living word of God. He was ready to act upon it. When we see God living in his word, then let's be ready to act upon it. If we see a, a woman that's so low to the dogs that hardly look at her and see the Holy Ghost take that woman and straighten her up and make a lady out of her. Man, we ought to be ready to act upon that living word. One night in a room, I hope I don't take too much of your time. I uh, uh, went into a room, uh, a big campaign, and they had a room twice this size. It's just full of straight jackets and insane and things. I walked in the room. There's one of the prettiest women I ever seen sitting there, a young lady. I said, how do you do? And she said, how do you do, Brother Branham? And I said, well, I don't know where to start first. She said, perhaps with me. I said, with you? Well, she was a nice, clean-looking girl, big brown eyes and pretty and long hair hanging down her back. And, and she it was such a nice-looking woman. And I said, you're not a patient. She said, yes, I am. And I said, in this insane place? She said, yes, sir. I said, what happened? And she said, well, I'd like for you to hear my story. I said, go right ahead, sister. I'd like to hear. She said, well, Brother Branham, said when I was a girl, said I was raised up with Christian parents that really believe God. And she said, I went to church, but said all at once I got to go with a boy that smoked. And said, I have to find out that he drank. And one night he wanted to get me to drink and I wouldn't do it. Said I absolutely wouldn't do it. And he persuaded me to eat some candy, or no, drink a Coke was one night, and he had some stuff in it. And said, uh, I wasn't a moral girl no more. And said, then I thought, what's the use? Said, I just stole my life away, and I become a regular street prostitute. Said, then I, I, I just did everything that was mean. I got to drinking, I got to be an alcoholic. And she said, then somebody told me to change my religion. I went away to the Good Shepherd's home in the Catholic Church, changed my religion. They sent me up there for two or three years, said, I'd done fine. I got back out. Said, when I got back out, I right back at it again. And she said, I went on like that for about a year. The law picked me up and sent me to the woman's penitentiary, and I served there two years. And said, then um, for delinquency. And, and said, then, uh, then after I got out of there, I come back and said, I, I'll tell you, Brother Bram, so that's just been about two or three months ago. Said, I'm back doing the same thing that I always did. And I said, well, that's a shame. I said, a pretty woman like you, don't you think about uh, having a husband sometime and babies and like any a woman would do? It's got any lady about her all? She said, oh, yes, Brother Bram. said, who would have me? See? said, what could I offer a man? said, I nothing but a cruel life. Get drunk and carry on and things. said, what could I do? And I said, well, God can straighten it out. She said, Mr. Branham, I prayed and turned over new pages and everything else. said, I, I, I just don't know what's the matter with me. I kept just get to catching her spirit to see what was wrong. See? And just kept watching for a few minutes. And she said, I said, well, now I'll tell you. Perhaps maybe you and I will pray. She said, all right, Brother Branham. She got down and we prayed. And I said, you pray now. And she prayed to God. And she prayed and prayed. After a while, she got up and she looked at me. She said, well, Brother Branham. And I put my hand on her shoulder. And I said, God bless you, sister. And she raised up and said, I believe it's all over now. She said, I'm going to go out of here and try to live a different life. I said, sister, you'll go out and live the same life you live. I said, you're just turning a page. I said, it's not right yet. 
So I said, let's pray some more. And we got out and we kept praying. After a while, she struck something. My, it changed. Yes, sir. From like a little kid pecking on a music till it went to making music. Yes, sir. Got some rhythm in it, you know. After a while, she got to really praying. After a while, she began to scream and the tears running down them painted cheeks up like that. Directly when she raised up them great big brown eyes looked at me, she said, Brother Branham, something's happened. Yes, sir. She's married and got three or four children now. What was it? She took God and stayed with it until actually something happened. That's it. Something taken place. The living word become a living reality to her. And when God plants his promise in you and it becomes a living reality, then something is different. You just don't go and say, yes, I believe it. Uh, that's all right. The devil believes it like that. But it's confirmed to you in the life. The word becomes alive in you. Then you begin to see what it is. Yeah. John the Baptist. He was strange. John's father was a priest. We know that. That he was a priest. And instead of uh, going out now, when he, I guess it was kind of hard on him and his mother to, to find out the little John being promised the way he was and he's going to be a mighty man of God. But they know they never lived to see because he's getting too old. And about nine years old, he say his father and mother died. Instead of John going back to, the, to study the priesthood, he knew, John knew he was to announce the Messiah. So instead of going down and studying in the school and get a Bachelor of Art and a Ph.D. and a LLD and a QUSD and all the rest of it, so it goes with it. So then, instead of going and getting all of that, he took out to the wilderness because the message must come from God. And God, now he knows there'd be all kinds of signs and all kinds of this because it always is that way, fraudulent and everything else because it just does it to hide the real thing. There's a lot of people act like they got the Holy Ghost and go out and live any kind of a life. That's just an old scarecrow to try to scare you away from the real thing. Where's all the scarecrows at? Not on the sour apple tree, on the good apple tree. That's right. It's where the scarecrows is. And the devil puts all kinds of scarecrows around the real thing. You don't have to worry about it. They ain't going to bother it anyhow. So then, they, when you got that real thing, that's where the scarecrows rise. That's where the bogus dollar is so close, you know, to see the very elected possible, said Jesus, you see. That's where he watched right along that line there, see. So then we find out that John didn't want to be all confused. So he waited out there until he heard from God. And God told him what kind of a sign the Messiah would have. So John was acting up on the Word of God. They come down and said, John, are, are you the Messiah? Nope. said, are you that prophet? Nope. Are you Jeremiah, Isaiah, Elijah, any of them? Nope. Said, I'm not him, but he's standing in your midst somewhere now. There's one among you now. How was he so sure? Because he knew it was time for the word of God to be fulfilled. Amen. Amen. What we ought to do today, brother, it's time that the word of God's fulfilled. It's time that the signs follow the believer. It's time for the evening lights to go to shining. Time for Jesus Christ to manifest Himself the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is not a teaching. This is a saying. Remember, let me quote it again. Not a teaching, a saying. To make a parable. God wrote three Bibles. One of them was in the sky. Man to look up to realize His Creator come from there. The Zodiac. What's the first thing in the Zodiac? Starts off with uh, the Virgin. What's the last figure in the zodiac? Leo the lion. First time Christ comes to the virgin. The next time he comes is to the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
Crossfish is a cancer agent. All as you read it through. Job studied it. And you read the book of Job, you'll understand. Now the devil, of course, takes and does things with that. Then we come back to the next one. They call the pyramid teaching. Don't never go after it. You've got a Bible to go after it. Now the next was the pyramid. But if you just get the real meaning behind it, I want the pyramid for the church age. Did you know, look on, you got a dollar bill? Look on the back of it. There's a pyramid. On the other side, there's a seal of the United States. Why would the United States recognize under the pyramid the great seal? Look just above that top stone that topped off the pyramid, and you'll see it standing up with light shining around it. See? What's it up there for? That's the great seal. Why didn't that? They never did put a cap on the stone. I've been there at the pyramid. Why didn't they put a cap on it? Because it was rejected. That was a cornerstone where all the other stones just fit together. It was speaking of the church age. Look way down here, the Lutheran age. Way back in the majority. Back there just to confess Christ was my, just means to be a Christian. Justification. Along come Wesley. Sanctification. A little narrow. Sanctification. Then along come the Pentecost. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. What it is? It's shaping up. Justification. Sanctification. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now what's he doing? That's got to be honed out. So perfect. That church brought into such a place that the stone that's coming to fit on top of it. Amen. See what I mean? That fixes the church. And through it all is the church. Now that's, that just, that's making a, a, a parable I'm talking about. Don't try to go into it. Then the next Bible, the real Bible, is this. This is our word. Just them signs and things they had back there. But notice how perfect that stone. It was rejected. They never did put it on. Why? And if you go there, them stones up in that pyramid that weighs thousands of tons, that it's so closely fit together you can't put a razor blade and no mortar in it. So perfectly honed together. Then if that had to be like that to make each age fit together, then what's it going to be when the coming, don't you see the church shaping up? Luther justification. Wesley sanctification. Then come the Holy Ghost. And now church getting honed and fixed and without spot or wrinkle so him that had no spot or wrinkle could come down and connect it together for the resurrection for the church of the living God to take its fight into the yes as we get towards the end of this episode we'll end with a word of prayer Heavenly Father we thank thee Lord that you have sent us as your emissaries as your witnesses to, to, to Judea, Samaria, and the utmost parts of the earth. And you, you, you told us to tarry until we receive power from on high. And then we'd become your witnesses. So we pray, Father, for any who have not known you in the power of your resurrection. May you visit them today. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. The same God that fed them, that protected them, that created them is there, willing and able, and more willing than we even think we are fill us with your spirit so we pray father may we get lord ourselves out of the way may you take out the desires of this world out of our hearts and wash us from our sins that father we may be living epistles read of all men we thank thee for all these wonderful things in the name of thy son jesus christ we pray amen thanks for listening to honey in the rock your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com 
We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Oh